Hello, everybody. Crypto traders around the world. We're back with another episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net, a.k.a. Basic Cryptonomics. Thank you for joining here today. My name is Leister. I'm your host. We've got a couple topics I want to go through. First, let's get the particulars out of the way, and then we'll jump right into this. Once again, that site is CryptoTalkRadio.net. That's where you're going to find all of our past, present, and future podcast episodes. The podcast is on all major podcasting platforms as well. Feel free to check that out. Let us know what you think. Link at the top says contact. Click that. Fill out the form. Come straight in. We read each and every one of those. We appreciate hearing feedback from our listeners, whether you're a subscriber or not. We would appreciate your subscription if you're a first-time listener. We again welcome you here. We think you're going to find it's completely different from any other crypto podcast that's out there. And hopefully you get great enrichment to the point that you feel like you want to spread the word out there. The last thing I'll call out is our triad membership. The triad is where we are trying to build a community of serious investors, not the kids that say the word Jeet and say the word Keck and can't half read. We're talking serious investors that believe there's something to this cryptocurrency thing and they want to talk to other grown adults, other serious people. Get away from the toxicity. Check it out on the site. Click on triad. It'll tell you about our different tiers for joining the full on triad. If you still have questions, you can join us in our discord channel. CryptoTalkRadio.net slash Discord will take you straight there. And anybody will be happy to answer any questions you may have. Given that, let's go ahead and jump right into our content for today's episode. Been a bit of a ride this past week. And just to upfront level set, I will apologize if you do hear the occasional sniffle the occasional crackle, the occasional cough, because I am fighting allergies. My body reacts when the weather changes. The weather changed. We are getting warmer. It was roughly 60 degrees earlier. You're probably thinking, that's not warm. It's warm when you consider that just recently we had ice, like literally last week. We had ice on the road. So it's warm. Uh, it's not you know, warm as, you know, if I'm in Florida or something, but it's warm for what we were just in. We shift weather quickly out here. It's one of the reasons I get out of here, but my body doesn't like it. My body doesn't like rapid shifts in weather. It never has. It's always something that sets me off and triggers my allergic reactions. There's nothing else going on that I can detect anyway. Just anytime the weather changes, I get jacked up. Sore throat, cough, sniffles, you name it, it goes crazy which is interesting because it's been like that since I was a kid. So I'm going to apologize for that. If you, if you hear it, I'll do my best to make sure you don't hear it, but I, sometimes I can't control it's involuntary. The other part I'll apologize for is the podcast continues at cryptotalkradio.net. The YouTube is running at a bit of a restrictive mode. I do some uploads, but I'm not going to be able to do some live streams for a while because my camera equipment is actually packed up and in storage as I'm trying to get the hell out of here. So that's why there's no weekly streams, live streams, video or otherwise. But I can do audio all I care to. I've got my uh, podcast equipment still set up, mostly because I do phone calls, actually. So I will be doing podcasts on schedule until you hear otherwise. Once I know that I'm out of here, I'll let you know what that's going to do on the podcast side. Separately, if you haven't joined our Discord, I do recommend you do CryptoTalkRadio.net slash Discord. But the reason I bring that up I sent a message out on our Discord channel, and I'll just let you guys know here on the podcast. I think I mentioned this on Thursday. I may not have, but for those that are new, welcome, by the way. And for those that may have not heard 
uh, if I didn't cover it or didn't hear it. I was notified sometime early last week or possibly late the week prior, but I believe it probably was the weekend uh, that one of my brothers actually passed away. It was unexpected. It was unexpected for the announcement and how he found out, but it didn't surprise me simply because I know my brother and I know the kind of situation he was tussling with. And I did a very impassioned update on casual talk radio, our sister podcast, not about him directly, but, around the byproducts of what happened to him. Because I do believe that he was simply a victim of circumstance. He was a victim of what was going on in the world. And I've talked about it on quite a few updates on Casual Talk. But bottom line is I knew that what was going on in the world, what was going on in society was rough for everybody. I knew that. And I knew that certain people were going to come out of it cool and certain people were not. And he was resourceful, but I expected he might not be able to make it out given the kind of person that he was and unfortunately didn't. So because of this, I may be somewhat derailed on other plans for the triad. The triad, of course, is our uh, membership program and support program. And there's a lot of stuff I've been wanting to do over there. But given this recent event, I'm somewhat delayed on it because I have to now figure out how to make that work. Plus, I'm going to be um, trying to relocate. So there's a lot going on in Q1. And as a result, it puts a minor crimp in my plans. But everything else is still on track. My endeavors are still going, and I've chewed out as much as I can. We're making really good progress on the first one. Um, I had a really good heart-to-heart about, you know, because I think they're seeing now that I can easily predict what's going on with our customer, and I'm probably the only one that's got the keen insight, and I actually got a chance to embarrass one of the guys that early on, he was kind of snippy and all this, and I had to kind of put him in his place on this call, you know, I kind of marinated. And then just recently, it wasn't his fault. He was just a happenstance, but it basically exposed him as this is what we really should be doing and have been lacking for almost a year now. And I'm just showing you guys that this is what we're supposed to be doing as an organization. So that's, that got some good traction. We also are going to be doing the major initiative that got approved. So that's going to be exciting, but also kind of stressful, not not overly. I mean, I'm not used to it, but we have a lot going on. Then the second endeavor is ramping up on their stuff. And we had some upset uh, customer uh, contacts over there. I had to kind of manage that because I had to chew them out. And I think we got to a level set, but there's a lot going on over there as well. The short answer though, ladies and gentlemen, for those new, all of this may sound kind of foreign. The reason I do these internal updates is so that you know I have a life outside of the podcast. I have a life outside of cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency, I don't do to make money. Cryptocurrency, I do simply because it intrigues me. And if money happens, it happens. But I do provide the advice because I have the skill sets to do it as a former auditor and a current cryptocurrency auditor, as well as my past experience, technological experience, current certifications, et cetera. And so I share my personal endeavors for everybody so they know I'm very highly credentialed, but also I don't live cryptocurrency. Many of the influencers on YouTube, they live this. They want to make a career out of it. They want it to be their be-all. And I wanted to be clear, this is not my be-all. This is a side gig for me. It's not something I would do primarily. I do file taxes. There is some profit. And there's a lot more loss than profit. And I'm cool with it. And so that's why I don't run ads on my podcast. Not crypto talk anyway. I don't run ads on my YouTube. YouTube pushes ads on me, but they're not my ads. I don't make any money off the YouTube channel whatsoever. Because I like to just chat, I like to engage, I like to inform, I like to educate, keep people safe. That's what we're here for. So, 
with what's going on in cryptocurrency very recently. It's gotten a little bit of chatter. I'm going to briefly talk about that because I do think some people are misreading the room. Let's go there now. There's a saying in cryptocurrency, and it is make sure you take your profits. There used to be a different saying. That saying was hold, hold, hold. You know, not ho, 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 green giant, but hold, hodl. People, many projects tried to condition people that they should just hold the tokens. Now, at the time when we were in a bull run, this may have made sense, maybe, but then we heard stories, you know, from Shiv and other on different token projects where they said that, you know, I've got millions and millions, you know, and certainly a subset did. Here's the truth. Crypto projects telling you to hold or hodl. It's because they need stability in the project. They need to make sure that there's not excessive sales. Now, the flaw in this mindset is that volume is a good thing. Buys and sells are a good thing. You don't want excessive buys and nobody selling because there's only so much inventory. You don't want excessive sells and buys because, of course, that drops price. So then all these projects created these gimmicks, you know, burns and liquidity and burn and liquidify and, you know, buy taxes, sell taxes. There's all these gimmicks that come into some of these projects. And as a result, people are less inclined to go into certain projects that have these gimmicks, especially when you talk about a buy tax, which I adamantly disagree with the concept of. I believe it's insulting, frankly, to charge someone to buy into your project. I actually had a conversation. I do encourage you to check it out on our YouTube channel, cryptotalkradio.net slash YouTube. But I did a recent update about Everrise. And my disappointment, this was a project in my Fave 5. I was very excited about them. I felt that they were one of the strongest projects in all of cryptocurrency. And then something changed. So I did an update and I basically just asked for information. There's some data I knew. I asked for some information from the community. And one of the longtime listeners on the YouTube channel, Dion, he had responded because he got in and he was watching things. And he mentioned he was able to answer one of the questions about one of the people. Then I got a response, comment that said to the effect of basically the Everrise team, apparently they were told this in Telescan. I don't go to Telescan, but apparently the Everrise team said that they felt it was concerning to sell tokens to maintain operations. Let me talk about that first. Many token projects, they will, in order to staff, right, to pay staff, they will have to sell tokens because they need to generate revenue. Now, this might be fine in a bull market. I don't know that it makes any sense in a bear market. Regardless, I think a lot of people getting into cryptocurrency, I'm talking in terms of investors, don't understand. Many of these projects don't work for free, don't want to work for free. Developers, marketing, you know, business development, whoever, they don't want to work for free. And that's the flaw, and I'll call them out for who they are. That's the flaw of trying to make cryptocurrency a full-time job. And I understand there's a lot of time investment necessary for developers in particular and running this project that you've got. But the truth is, I don't believe any of these token projects should try to make the cryptocurrency their full-time deal. I don't believe in it for this very reason. We saw this with Terra Rebels. With Terra Rebels, they started saying it was a volunteer effort. We're going to do it out of the goodness of our heart. We, we believe in the community. We want to make sure it's done. All of a sudden, later, like a bait and switch, it's, well, we should get paid. Deep, deep, deep. Nobody disagrees they should get paid. 
The problem people had is up front, they offered to pay them and terror rebels denied. They declined it. Then it changed to, okay, now we want to get that money. They should have accepted it up front when it was offered. Because when you don't and you come back later after we're already making momentum, it comes across as a bait and switch. So now with Everrise, them saying, well, we shouldn't be selling tokens to maintain operations. I actually agree with that. But the problem is that their flaw is going all in and trying to treat it like a job instead of working your own J-O-B. You know, rest in peace, Mr. Witherspoon. I believe that their, their flaw is not that they're selling. Their flaw is that they're trying to go all in and treat it like the single source of income. Many other projects are doing the same thing. Terrarium is another one. They were dumping off their investors because they need to pay operational expenses because they're trying to go all in. And I don't agree with it. I'm never going to agree with it. And I know that sounds strange, right? Because you have larger, you know, you're talking millions and millions of dollars in some of these projects. But here's the thing. Is it better to take what you have and just let it grow without the excessive dumps? Or is it better to keep dumping off of it to hire staff and maintain staff? To me, I would rather you have a full-time job that you're doing and use that to fund the token, as in you are putting your own money up to show that you're about it. If you try to take off the project, you're taking out of the investor's pockets. So I'm saying I don't disagree that you shouldn't be doing excessive sales to maintain ops. I'm saying that you should question why you have to do that in the first place because it shouldn't be your full-time job, in my opinion. It's not mine. The YouTube channel is not, it's a byproduct. It's there just because, you know, have a presence. The podcast is something I do because I like doing it. It's not my job. I don't make money off anything that I do. I don't plan to in any near future. Now, if I got to the point where I was doing full-on radio, maybe that might make sense, but we're certainly not there yet, and I don't anticipate being there in the short term anyway. I don't knock anybody else's hustle, so I'm not criticizing people that choose to try to make this a full-time job. I am criticizing those projects who are then changing and basically killing a business, killing a project, because they made the wrong decision up front. That's what I have a problem with. So then the second part of this from this person that commented, they said that, Outside of selling uh, liquidity uh, tokens, they didn't want to do that anymore. Okay, that's not a problem. Cool, uh, stupid decision, whatever. So then they called out a potential regulatory risk to using liquidity. And I don't know where they're getting that from because every centralized exchange uses a form of liquidity. Every centralized exchange makes profit off liquidity. The key is, you have to make sure that you are not, in this case, passing Howey test provisions with what you're doing. So Everize, as, a, as an example, their NFT staking might have some issues, but it's about the NFT staking, only to have them turn around and release another garbage NFT that has nothing to do with anything else and positioned it as you're going to make some money off that. Yeah, you're probably going to have some problems. But doing what they did before, which is making projects that allow tokens to do things like migrations, to allow you to clean up your wallet, these utilities were never positioned to make any money for anybody. Those are not going to pass the Howey test. Everrise was fine on the path they were doing before. So my summary is that apparently Everrise shifted gears and started screwing up, and I almost swore there, because of some fear about selling tokens and using it to fund operations, which tells me money 
Money is the reason that they started screwing up and money is the reason they went to this garbage NFT that they just released. It's all about money, generating revenue, likely because they can't figure out another way to do it. Now, if they were to listen to Leicester at CryptoTalkRadio.net, and of course I did reach out to them, I could have told them at least three other ways that they easily would have made significantly more money. Had they listened, they didn't. And then of course them dropping the hyperburn dropped a lot of the motivation for people to buy into the project. Other than that, if we're talking about the loss of revenue, as in the volume being in the crapper, and then ethically you don't want to take from the liquidity and sell more tokens and cause more of a dip, I celebrate you for not wanting to make it worse. But I am going to criticize Everise, that rhymes, for putting themselves in that situation in the first place. Because all they had to do was stay the course and make smarter decisions And I called out the liquidity one, liquidity pulled one for the first version of the token and their distribution medium of making it a game, which was a stupid decision. I called out the fact that they got rid of the hyperburn, which made no damn sense. I called out that they seemed like they stopped doing utilities. That was a stupid thing. But there's a ton of other opportunities they had to stand out. This was a project that people started to go to. Projects started to go to get listed on EverSwap. They were on the route to being one of the best in the business. And we're saying that they decided to screw all that up because of money. It's their project. I can't tell them what to do, but I will call them out for incompetence. And I said it before, incompetence is just as bad as maliciousness, just for a different reason. So now that I've got that off my chest, let's talk about some actual quality projects out there, shall we? Ethereum. You're noticing that Ethereum and Bitcoin went on a bit of a run. I wouldn't say it's a significant pump, but it went on a bit of a run. Ethereum's waving around the 1690 mark as I as I record this. Estimated to go a little bit up in the short term. Still not hit the 2000 mark that I was hoping for, but everything is scheduled to have a little bit of a run up and then go down again as we get very closer to tax filing season. That's what I see from graphs, but if you are invested in projects, I do recommend that you take profits because I don't expect that this will last, in my opinion. We are still seeing that there's going to be a really good run after, like, say, Q3, Q4, sometime time frame in the latter part of the year. Once dust settles, especially as we get closer to election season again, I think that we're going to see a little bit of run up. We also are seeing some announcements coming up in various circles that are impacting cryptocurrency. But Phantom is one that's looking really good. BNB is looking really good. Polygon's looking really good. Ethereum's looking good. Everything else is up moderately, you know, 2%, 3%, 4%. I would still recommend take your profits no matter what. If you want to just hold it, hang out, that's cool too. But I do think that this is a profit opportunity to make some money in the short term. There's going to be a little bit more run up. So you got some time if you choose to wait it out and just kind of see what happens. Let's talk about a couple of news tidbits that came out recently and I believe may be influencing some of the graph movement. The SEC recently talked about retirement accounts that are starting to embrace cryptocurrency as part of the investment pool. Now, these are not investing directly in cryptocurrency, mind you. They're investing in ETFs. So you're not investing directly in the crypto as in you're not a holder of the cryptocurrency. What you're investing in is essentially a fund that is, quote, pegged or backed to the price movement of cryptocurrency. So it allows you to then kind of play with it without the risk of the cryptocurrency itself. At least that was the theory. The SEC says, though, you know what? Hold on. These crypto stakes you got in your retirement accounts, well, they might be unregistered securities. Deep, deep, deep. 
Now, this should not surprise anybody. It shouldn't surprise anybody that the SEC would talk about these being unregistered securities, would try to warn people away from it. Because if anybody's been listening to Leicester, CryptoTalkRadio.net, for an extended period, you've heard me say that the current administration does not like cryptocurrency, does not welcome cryptocurrency, does not want them. They don't want anybody to be made wealthy because if you do that, you're taking away dependence on the system. This is what it is. When you see the SEC make these statements, what they're trying to do is discourage people from getting in it. Now, the reason I say that this may be influencing some chart movement, we're we're still not seeing that bull run that we expect. I called out roughly around December. If we still see the Jerome Powell's and the Gary Gensler's and Elizabeth Warren's of the world constantly keep coming out making these statements that seem like they kill the business every time, at some point you got to think that's got to be strategic. They're doing that on purpose. And I believe they are. I think they're doing that to keep crypto from thriving because now more than ever is the time people really need cryptocurrency to go on a run. We have sky high inflation. Jerome Powell started talking about doing things to manage it and hasn't done a damn thing. We saw that. We saw there's an opportunity for cryptocurrency to go on a higher run than it did in 2021. Doing so would allow people to make enough money to at least kind of keep up with the Joneses. And some people may be sitting on pretty large bags of things. So I believe that it's planned, strategic, intentional, that they make these statements to hold back cryptocurrency. Now, I could be tinfoil. That's cool. Anybody can say I'm tinfoil and nuts. But don't you find that pattern mighty funny? I do, at least. Anybody else can say I'm a nutcase or whatever the hell. I don't care. I'm going to call it like I see. There was a project that came out. I'll call its name. I didn't look deep into it. I'm just sharing it because some people may be curious. Call Ordinals. The Ordinals project came out in January. What they were trying to do was they were trying to put NFTs on Bitcoin, the blockchain. And you're like, huh? Bitcoin previously didn't do anything, right? It didn't. There's no applications. There's no nothing. It's just a free market something. So what they were trying to do here is say, we should be able to put these NFTs on the Bitcoin blockchain. This is not new. We had other companies try to do this before. Counterparty tried to do it back in 2014. Stacks tried to do it in 2017. To my knowledge, those didn't last very long. Ordinals is trying to do a little bit different. What they're trying to do is they're trying to turn things like just regular images, but also games on the Bitcoin blockchain. Now, people are kind of mixed feeling about this. They don't want... Number one, the performance potential impact. Think about that garbage sunflower game. I think it was on the Polygon network. Bring it to its knees. You also have the, I said before, Bitcoin has largely been considered a commodity because it doesn't do anything, because there's no application or anything. Now, some people did some analysis about what they're doing, and they noticed that there's some malware, apparently, in some of the code that the Ordinals is putting out there. So it's possible that this is simply an open invitation for people to get scammed. That's why I wanted to call it out to you because if you're not aware of it, for what it is, I'm going to recommend you avoid it because nobody knows if it's an intentional attack or they just got breached. But it's not looking good for the future of whatever the hell that is. And I frankly would think they should not put NFTs on Bitcoin, should not try to do anything with Bitcoin, leave it alone, go to one of the other garbage chains and do whatever you need to do. Binance.com recently announced, this is my last update, that they're going to suspend United States dollar. Now, 
Binance.com is for international folks. It's not for United States folks. So if you're in Binance.us, you are not affected by this announcement. This is only for Binance.com. You're going to suspend United States dollars transactions. What does that mean? It means they're not going to allow deposits, essentially, of United States dollars to Binance.com. You might be wondering, why is it that international folks would be doing United States dollar transactions? And the truth is, the United States dollar arguably is kind of the backbone of crypto of uh, currency normal fiat currency for the world any any currency that they have anywhere at some level is kind of compared pegged managed to or by the united states dollar the reason is because everybody looks at the value of the united states dollar in determining the equivalent value of their own so my theory and i only have a theory because binance.com doesn't allow united states my theory is that Binance.com is concerned about potential workarounds people are trying to do to trade certain currencies, as in United States folks who are cheating and trying to get access to certain tokens that Binance.us does not offer. Because, of course, Binance.us sucks, certainly compared to Binance.com, but even in general. Binance.us sucks. It's crap. And so I think what they're doing is they're trying to block, silently block United States folks doing these transactions that they're not supposed to do. The net result is that a lot of money is starting to flow out of Binance.com. It's raised some concerns about their solvency. We talked about Binance insolvent a little bit while ago. This raised that conversation again. Is Binance having issues and that's why they're doing it? If Binance were having financial issues, they wouldn't block money. They'd welcome money. The truth is, I believe they're trying to stop United States folks from cheating, circumventing the system. Now, they could save the they can save themselves the headache by simply fixing Binance.us because Binance.us is crap. It's crap. It doesn't offer hardly anything. So all they have to do is start offering equivalent tokens on Binance.us. The reason they don't is because they don't want to run afoul of SEC. That's really what that is. So speaking about my own experience, I've pretty much weaned off Coinbase at this point. I don't use it hardly for anything. And I'm sure they'll probably email me and say they're going to close my account because I don't use it for hardly anything at this point. I've turned off my deposits to it. I might use it to, quote, launder, as in convert something to something and then do, because they're the only ones that have access to fiat um, types. I do have a KuCoin account, but KuCoin, for whatever reason, does not allow me to do fiat deposits. If I could solve that, I would have no problem. I'd use KuCoin for everything, because they have everything I need. But I've totally shut, up to them, shut them off, and then Robinhood wants to force you to KYC to send cryptocurrency, which is crap. So you can deposit all you care to. You can trade all you care to, but you can't send it anywhere, which is a waste of time. There's no reason for that at that point because they don't need it, especially for a low dollar transaction. Many of these are standardizing, oh, just do it everywhere, deep, 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 instead of what they should do, which is the transaction amount should govern whether you do KYC or not. If I'm sending $20 worth of, uh, you know, USDC, why do you care? The government doesn't care. The government doesn't really care up to $10,000 if I go to a bank. So why are you doing it, this crap, for $10? That's the thing I fight. And so that's the only thing I keep Coinbase for is the occasional, which I haven't needed, but the occasional need to buy in and then convert into cryptocurrency. But I haven't needed to do it for a while. With the Binance.us, Geez, my verification of KYC has been sitting out there since, what, November? And they still haven't done it. And I'm not going to, actually no longer. No, I did that one. It's been a year. It's been a year on that one. I, I haven't followed up because they're just crap. And then I have KuCoin. So 
I'm giving this heads up because there may be some people in Binance.us know that you are not affected, at least for now, but it's crap. Binance.com, then, people who are cheating using VPNs or something else, you're going to be blocked if you haven't been already. That's going to be something you need to do something about because they're just trying to, I think they're just trying to crowd United States citizens. On a last note, final note, hopefully everybody is making smart decisions about your cryptocurrency. Life is short, and I think, in my opinion, we have greater risk coming in. When I say greater risk coming in, I'm talking about crap <laughs> uh, projects. Crap projects are showing up. And they're showing up because they're trying to play on your fears and leverage temptation, hype, shill, you know, shillers, the Jake Pauls of the world, but also lower level shillers. So be careful, please. It's up to you. It's your money. But I say be careful. And if you're listening to my channel, you, you will hear me be very conservative about things I recommend. I will at some point get back to underdog projects. The challenge is that literally every single one of them are crap at this point, other than my fave five, which I cover on the YouTube channel. Every other one is like crap. There, nobody's really stepped up to the plate. Feels like everybody's given up. I don't think everybody gave up. I think that many of them just suck in a bear market. That's what I think is happening. So if you're curious about what's going on, I'm going to maintain my statement. The core coins can never steer you wrong. The Bitcoins, the Ethereums, the Phantoms, the Polygons of the world, they can never steer you wrong. Even Solana started jumping really good. It's up to you, though. I'm not telling you what to do with your money. I am saying that you'll never hear me advocate crap because I want to keep people safe. And I think crypto is getting in a weird spot right now. I don't know when it changes. I don't know when we'll get out of it. But what I do know is I see crap is obvious. I'm going to call it out for what it is. Long-term, cryptocurrency will recover, and we will get to a very strong run. And the people who made smart decisions are going to be a lot happier than the ones who went after crap, in my opinion. That's going to do it for today's episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net. I want to thank you for listening here today. I know you have choices, whether you're a new listener or a subscriber. We appreciate each and every one of you. Check out our site, CryptoTalkRadio.net. We have a contact form, the link's at the very top. We'd love to hear from you and how we're doing and what you like or what you don't like. We read each and every one of those. Also, check out our triad. The triad is a community that we're working to build forward of smart, strong, smart investors, the ones that want to lead us into the next generation of cryptocurrency to evolve cryptocurrency into a more mature investment strategy for people, help people as they're growing and they get into this space. We don't want the ones that say the word Jeet and the ones that say the word Kek. We want the ones that treat this as a serious thing. Join us on our journey. Until next time, take care, be safe. Please don't YOLO into projects, any project. It doesn't matter what it is. Be smart with your investments. Make sure you always keep a roof over your head, food on your table. Your family comes first. Don't get stuck in this. Our goal is to try to help keep you safe, but we're only an informing source. There are a lot of sources out there, some of which are not really looking out for you. They're looking out for themselves. So always be careful with the advice that you take and what you do with that information is up to you, but just be smart about it is all we ask. See you next episode.